Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Continuing on in our series of shows during this year of mercy about the works of mercy in our diocese of Buffalo and the eight counties of western New York. And if you're keeping track, yes, there are several groups that uh, we haven't featured yet. So thank goodness that the year has a few months left as we wrap up the summer here. One of those being uh, one of the oldest uh, groups in uh, our diocese doing the works of mercy here, the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And no stranger to our program, their director, Mark Zernheld, joins us once again. Mark, welcome back to the program. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Greg. We're going to talk about, you know, the um, we'll kind of rehash the history too because I think it plays into this notion of uh, how the St. Vincent de Paul Society sure. performs the works of mercy here and really uh, worldwide. But um, you've been in the news recently, earlier this month, um, kind of a bittersweet uh, uh uh, time for sure, the St. Vincent sure. de Paul Society as summer camp wraps up for the final time. Right. Not only did it wrap up for the season, but it wrapped up for its final season out there in Angola, a program that we've been sponsoring for over 70 years. About 60,000 uh, boys and girls have gone through the program in that time. And uh, I think uh, it's a, a decision that our organization has been wrestling with for probably the last eight years and really in earnest in the last uh 18 months, uh, uh, part of our strategic planning process, we looked at youth initiatives and to see what we were offering and what we might be able to offer. And, and the camp program uh, and what we're offering, and we're hearing this not just from outside experts and consultants and other youth groups, but even from the families that we're working with daily, that the emphasis on youth programming and what families are looking for for their children residential camping that we had offered really wasn't uh, high on that list. There's so many other alternatives, day camps, specialty camps, academic enrichment programs. So I think the board wanted to see if, you know, as the camp, when it was started, uh, originally it was a health camp to help the kids uh, eat healthy and get out of the dirty city conditions. The needs have changed for those children, and what we'd like to do, which is our tradition, is react to those changes and be an effective uh, program to help those who come to us for assistance, and, and that includes the families with their children. And I think there's some needs that we have to address that where we could be more effective than offering a residential camp program, and, and so that's what we're looking to try and do here in the future. Uh, there's more and more. Um, I see it with uh, you know my own nieces and nephews. Summer type programs, whether it's uh, you know it used to be like in the summer you did swimming and all your sure. sports were the other times of the year. Now there's all kind of there's soccer and there's you know oh, basketball and you know stuff going the on options, all summer long. Yeah, the options are you know there's there's a lot more options even from when I was a young. Uh, a child uh, that were offered to my parents to what I could offer my own children. There's, there's, there's so many more options and there's so many less children. The demographics of Western New York, no surprise to anybody, especially anybody that's been involved with, with schools, uh, they see that that young uh, 
youth population just isn't there. I mean, we were, I was a, from a family of four, and we were considered a small family uh, because there were there were families of six and eight that yeah, lived down right. the block from us, and that, that was the norm in Western New York. Now you're not seeing that, and even looking at the future trends with the the, the renaissance of Buffalo, uh, with new folks that are going to be moving into the area, you're still looking at 10 to 15 years before you see those age groups being present. And then again, maybe they won't be or in the numbers that we once had. I mean, we used to have 800 children a summer at that camp. And this year we just did over 200. And and, uh, and that's within the last 10 years. So those numbers weren't changing and we didn't see that they'd change any time in the future. Yeah. And and one of the ideas for the – you mentioned historically – Camp started as a health camp, and right. then because mm-hmm. of the conditions of urban living at the at, at the, the time, time right? Sure. And in this day and age, of course, you know, urban living a whole different thing. But um, uh, again, as you say, more opportunities, though. So I mean, while it would get you know, get mm-hmm. your kids out of you know into and an environment maybe they wouldn't be able to encounter. Beautiful yeah. spot down there on the lake, yes, and, yeah. and it's great. whatnot. Um, there's probably more things that you can do and, in effect, then serve more folks if you stayed a little closer. That's right. And, and, and what we're finding, too, is that a lot of families now, and especially – and again, this, you know, these are families that we're working with. This isn't some abstract group that, that we're doing. These are people that our members are working with on a regular basis and with children that would qualify to – go to our camp, they're age appropriate and whatever. And the families are telling us that that isn't something they're interested in. There are things that are in their neighborhood or things that appeal to their children's interests or are, will be helping their children get a little bit of a leg up in school uh, or in one of their interests that they're doing within their neighborhood. And since we are a, a volunteer group that works with people in their homes and, and in their their neighborhoods, that I think the thought was is let's let's listen to what the folks that we're trying to help are telling yeah, us, right. and let's react to that. And right. let's we, we we can affect uh, more people, or or maybe the same number, but in a more effective and and in a way more respectful to their wishes if we're doing it with them in their neighborhood, in their comfort zone. So that's I think what we're looking at. You know, years ago. Taking them to the children and bringing them out to to the lake, beautiful, gorgeous spot, no doubt, and and, and still, you know, uh, nothing wrong with that. But maybe it, it, we these folks that we're dealing with, instead of taking the children out of that neighborhood, working with them in the neighborhood where everybody is more comfortable in in letting their children access those programs. And so that's that's what we're looking at. And we're looking to do it in collaboration with others. You know, we're not going to do this on our own. There are limited resources that we're all dealing with. But we want to work with, with groups that are doing this, bring the strengths of the society to that, and, and see how we can really be a, a player to improve these children and their families' lives. And that that's what we've tried to do for 148 years. I was going to say this is actually a good jumping-off point for the you know rest of the discussion 
today about the works of the St. Vincent mm-hmm. de Paul Society sure. here in Western New York. Mark Zernheld is the executive director. Uh, the website, by the way, is, uh, if you remember, St. Vincent de Paul, svdpwny.org, yeah. and then right. you can find them. Or if you just put in St. Vincent de Paul Buffalo or That's right. You should York, find it, us. Google's going to come right <laughs> yes. up. I know. I tried it. So there you go. There you go. Um, uh, and let me give you an opportunity to, if um, someone's listening today and they think they might benefit from your services, how else can they get they can, they can obviously give us a phone call. Uh, it's area code 716-882-3360. And uh, we're, our offices as well as our thrift store and dining room are located at 1298 Main Street in Buffalo, which is right at the corner of Main and Bryant. So, um, you know, they, they can't miss us. Uh, so again, this year of mercy notion, even though we've covered it up before on the program, maybe we should go back and um, just do a brief refresher on the origins of the sure. St. Vincent de Paul Society sure. here in Buffalo. Yeah. Here in Buffalo, we, we uh, actually, uh, Bishop Timon was very instrumental in bringing the Society of St. Vincent de Paul to the United States. He uh, actually saw it in action in uh, Ireland during one of his trips, came back to St. Louis, and uh, the uh, diocese there was trying to figure out how they could uh, involve the parishioners in helping the uh, less fortunate. And he had introduced him to this uh, organization, the Society of St. Vincent of Paul, that had been founded by some college students in France in 1833 and how it really had taken off in Europe. And so they formed the first conference of charity at the uh, Cathedral of St. Louis in 1845 you get to 1847, uh, uh, John Timon gets the call to become the first bishop of Buffalo, and one of the first things he does is he introduces the Society of St. Vincent de Paul here, uh, primarily to take care of uh, the uh, Irish Catholics who had helped with the canal construction and now weren't finding work and were in dire straits. So our original groups were here in Buffalo and in Lockport. And from that, we grew over the years. Uh, one of the uh, original uh, groups of charity here in Western New York, actually the oldest continuously active charitable organization in Western New York uh, from 1847 to today. Um, currently, we have about 60 chapters uh, located throughout Western New York, the diocese, uh, about 1,100 men and women who are active daily in works of charity, uh, and then a number of uh, uh, folks, uh, thousands of people that uh, contribute to us uh, uh, with their time, talent, and treasure so that we can take care of those who come to us uh, daily with, for assistance. That is one of the things that I think is um – Maybe people just aren't aware of it. It's not necessarily misunderstood about uh, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. But uh, compared to other charitable organizations, you're really member-driven. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. your members in your chapters are really doing, um, I guess, those works of, of mercy, but 
doing your service right in communities, not that other like a Catholic Charities or a United Way or a Mm -hmm. Red Cross even isn't in the community, but they're more of a traditional model of uh, top-down. We have a centralized office and these are the programs we provide and we do it in our satellite offices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, we're we're a primarily uh, (laughs) grassroots-driven organization, volunteers, and it's really whatever resources that they have uh, to help uh, as they deem fit. Uh, you know, uh, the reason that we have a, a, a central office and, and that that I have a role in the organization is that the, it was decided during the course of the last hundred and some years that we needed to have someone to handle the business affairs. So, uh, you know, they started a store. And uh, so you need somebody to do that. You needed to have somebody that you can count on opening the door and somebody to drive a truck and make sure that that the uh, any regulations that have to be found are found on a consistent basis. The dining room, you need to do that because you have to have a clean and healthy place to serve food and you have to make sure the, the, the food is stored properly. So you need people to do that and the same with our other entities. But the real backbone of the organization has been and will always be the volunteers. We couldn't do those major works uh, without volunteers. Our dining room alone, we're feeding 190 people on average a day, five days a week. Well, most restaurants don't see that in a week, and we're doing it daily. And if we didn't have a core group of volunteers coming to help us do that, we wouldn't be able to afford to do that. And, uh, uh, and, and it's great. And, it, and, it, and the, there are the people that are involved with this they really, you know, Western New York, it's legendary for uh, being charitable. And we know that, uh, especially the Catholic Diocese knows it. Uh, and so that inherent gene that we all have as Western New Yorkers, uh, it really uh, comes to the forefront in programs like ours. And we have people that are members, that aren't members, that uh, that they want to help and they want to find a way to do it effectively and uh, and they find it with us and we're grateful to have them. So uh, uh, I, I think that uh, our model works with a lot of people's uh, schedules today. Uh, we're all busy and everything else. Uh, it, but, you know, we have a variety of opportunities both at our major works as well as in our parishes that fit people's schedule and allows them to express their charitable intent. We're going to talk about some of the specific ways that you do that as well. You're listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Talking about in this year of mercy, one of our terrific organizations that's been doing the uh, works of mercy here in our Buffalo Diocese, maybe even longer than anybody else, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, Mark Zernheld, no stranger to our program, the director just up the street, our neighbors on Main Street here, a few short blocks away at the at the uh, main offices. Uh, you can find them online at SVDP, just remember St. Vincent de Paul, svdpwny.org or search them on Google. The phone number again, Mark? It's uh, 882-3360. Uh, you so we were talking about the volunteers and um, you've, you've got a couple of interesting um, new opportunities, particularly for young people that are interested in volunteering. We do. We, we're finding out, uh, you know, and, and again, the, the tradition of Western New York, uh, families pass on that uh, charitable intent and they're the young uh, folks, uh, college age, high school age, uh, you know, of course, I'm 
you know, anybody younger than anybody younger than me is a young person. I'm, you know, I, I'm starting <laughs> right. to get to that position in yeah. life. But uh, we have a lot of folks that that want to come and help. They might not be able to do it as some of our active members on a weekly basis, but they want to they want to be able to be available. And so we've had uh, volunteer opportunities lasting two or three hours on a Saturday or on a Sunday or on a weekday uh, in the afternoon and helping us. Uh, with our physical goods assistance program. We've been blessed with a lot of uh, generous donors for clothing, uh, dishes, pots, pans, things like that, things that you need if you're you're uh, an immigrant settling in Buffalo and not used to the climate. You're uh, setting up your first apartment. Uh, you've been a fire victim and you have to find a new place. They come to us for those items and we've been able to, to get those items from the community but you need folks to go through them to make sure that they're they're usable, uh, to put them together, make sure they're not broken, and sort them out so that when the folks that need them come to us, they're available. And so what we've created is a treasure hunt area. We know a lot of people love to find the needle in the haystack. Right, sure. And we've had uh, a number of groups come up to uh, our building. We have a little uh, area set around, uh, set up on the second floor, and these donations come up. And we have tables set up and uh, folks come through and they, they go through the boxes and you never know what you're going to find. We found uh, we find nativity sets. Uh, we find uh, Royal Dalton china, mixed pieces, silver pieces, regular coffee mugs, things from the Talking Proud days, things from the Buffalo Braves days, uh, you know, current uh, fashions, uh, you know, all sorts of items. Uh, they're interesting. People never know what they're going to find in the box. Uh, and some of those things are, are the hidden treasures that people have donated to us. But a lot of them are utilitarian, everyday things that you and I take for granted, that we'll go to the local department store and have no problems purchasing. And the folks that are coming, the difference is the folks that are coming to us don't have that opportunity. They don't maybe have the mobility or the financial resources or the time to do that. So that's where we come in. And we have these items available for them to get them started, to get give them a base to build on. And it's through the volunteers that we're able to, to be able to do that. I mean, we literally get thousands of donations of items daily. And to process those, if we didn't have the volunteers, uh, it would be very difficult. We have some key employees that had that help with that, and, and so it's organized. And, uh, you know, we welcome anybody to come down and help us. Uh, they just need to give us a call, work it out with their schedule. We've had a lot of, uh, a lot of good times. The, 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 we've had some school groups in there, some college groups. They have a great time. Uh, you know, they have a little pizza, and uh, they just have a great time, to, you know, taking selfies selfies, posting it on their things. Hey, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. They get a good feeling uh, from it and it's a huge help to us. Yeah. And of course, you know, um, being still such a heavy, heavily Catholic area in Western New York, a lot of kids, a lot of young people, they need service hours for exactly. confirmation or mm -hmm. religious education or Catholic schools, whatever it, it might be. But one of the cool things I think um, about uh, – St. Vincent de Paul is, you tend to hear that folks do it because they have to mm -hmm. and just end up loving it. Yeah, and, and it's what's, that is what has happened. We had a young man This is uh, who came in. He had to do his high school 
service, and this goes back almost uh, 10 years ago. He came in, he did his 20 hours, and uh, his his father had accompanied him because he needed a ride. They have become regular volunteers and to the fact that the other members of the family have come down. Now, this, this young man has graduated college. He's uh, in a, a, a full-time job, and he still makes it part of his monthly routine to come down. And now his, his father will come down, his mom, a brother or a sister, some of his friends, his coworkers. He had such, you know, he, he, and he's told me, you know, I knew I had to do this. I kind of dreaded it. I got down here. The people, the volunteers were great. I loved doing this. You know, I was so my my the fathers told me he was so enthusiastic about this at the dinner table the one night that his brother wanted to see what it was all about. And those that is not atypical. That happens a lot. We have uh, husbands and wives will come down. The wife will work in the dining room. The husband will work on the test bench in the warehouse, making sure lamps work or toasters work. They both do something that interests them. They're both doing something that's going to help us. They come together. They do it, and they come back. Uh, they 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 know what they have done has really benefited somebody, and it isn't as as painful as maybe they think it would <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah. And and I think that's you know, I, I think that's some of the misnomers people have when you're working uh, with a, uh, folks that need your help. And 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 luckily, the 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 mindset of Buffalonians and Western New Yorkers is that's the furthest thing from them. If they know they can help. And there's a way they can do it, they will. And because uh, I think sometimes they think, uh, you know, by the grace of God, that could be me. Yeah. Now, another interesting thing about um, the St. Vincent to Paul Society, and we don't have a lot of time left, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, that we at least touch on this. You guys probably do your fundraising more quietly than anybody in Western New York. I mean, it's and, never, um, it's right. never in the right. forefront. Right. We, uh, we are quiet. Uh, about it, uh, and uh, and you're right. Uh, that that is a, a dual-edged sword because sure. you know an organization yeah. like ours where you you do help so many people. I mean, last year we helped over fifty-four thousand individuals out of our Main Street site alone, and that doesn't include all of our groups right. out in Western yeah. New York. So you know, you just they just don't need clothes and and furniture and food. There's other needs that are out there, and of course. Uh, those are driven uh, and for, by finances, and so we can always use that assistance. And you're right; we do have a, we do have a small uh, campaign. We do an annual giving campaign. It's a direct mail campaign. We're trying to toy with the idea of mobile giving and things sure, like yeah, that. But yeah. you know, you're not going to see a multi million dollar advertising campaign about the Society of Saint Vincent of Paul fundraising. Uh, we're not; it's just not us at this point. And uh, I, I think that people appreciate that. Uh, I also think that you know, uh, when people see what we're doing. Uh, when they when they they experience that themselves, I think they're more apt to give. And so I think we've always been uh, an organization that uh, where words uh, aren't as uh, loud as our actions, uh, and, and that's what we are. We we put we we try to put our faith into action, and uh, our uh, and you know this is the year of mercy and the works of mercy. That is. What the society is all about. We uh, we practice that daily, and we do it uh, without even knowing it. 
you're about a month or so out from probably your your biggest annual uh, uh, f- single fundraising mm-hmm. event, your annual uh, topic. Even dinner. that, even that, <laughs> isn't framed as a fundraiser. No, it's it all isn't. about honoring people who serve the society. That's right. We kick off our, our our annual fundraiser with the Top Hat Dinner. And, and what we do there, and you're right, is really more of a recognition and fellowship, yeah. fellowship yeah. Uh, event. We celebrate uh, people that have uh, contributed to the society uh, in, in a substantial way to help us with our programs. Catholic Charities was honored. Monsignor Kniff was honored. Uh, Monsignor Lee, the former director of communications, uh, the food bank. Uh, those folks have been honored because they have, in one way or another, uh, availed themselves to help us keep our programs going or uh, assisted us in that. And then we also recognize our members. And we have members that have uh, been involved with the society for 30, 40, 50 years quietly working in their parish, in their neighborhood, taking care of people with dignity and respect. And every year, their fellow members will nominate someone. And every year, we have members who will will decline the honor because that's not what they're about. And that speaks really to the integrity of the people that are involved with the society. They know really it's not about them. They know it's really about the other guy and it's really about putting their faith and their beliefs into practice in a practical way. And uh, I mean I think sometimes the people who turn to who decline the honor are you know you know why their peers nominated them. Right, They're exactly. so deserving yes. of it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, if you go on the, the website, uh, you Google St. Vincent de Paul Buffalo or St. Vincent de Paul Western New York, uh, the site's svdpwny.org. We encourage people to continue their support of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And uh, Mark Zernheld, Executive Director here in uh, Buffalo and Western New York, uh, thanks for coming in again. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity, Greg. It was great seeing you. As always, if uh, you missed a program or you want to hear more about uh, the the topics that we've covered, you can go to buffalodiocese.org, go under news and media, you'll find radio there. Also at wnycatholic.org, all our podcasts there, uh, same thing, all listed as well. And I'm Greg Prince. We'll be back with you next week. This is an important announcement from the Diocese of Buffalo. New York State is very, very close to enacting legislation legalizing physician-assisted suicide. This must be stopped. Learn more at a special forum on Thursday, September 8th at 7 p.m. at St. Gregory the Great Ministry Center in Williamsville. Guest speakers include Kathy Gallagher, Director of Pro-Life Activities for the New York State Catholic Conference, and Dennis Vacco, who argued before the U.S. Supreme Court against physician-assisted suicide when he was New York State Attorney General. You will also hear a message from Bishop Richard J. Malone. For more information, visit the Advocacy and Social Teaching page at buffalodiocese.org. All are welcome on Thursday, September 8th, 7 p.m. at St. Gregory the Great Ministry Center in Williamsville. This forum on physician-assisted suicide is presented by the Public Policy Committee of the Diocese of Buffalo. Join committed Catholics and all people of goodwill in opposing physician-assisted suicide. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744. 
or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.